It was a little break in CP for three, but we want to thank you for the support on the last podcast we had with NBC Sports uh, broadcasting legend Jimmy Roberts. And But me and Jack are here today to discuss basketball once again. As 2019 is wrapping up, so is the 2010s decade. And we want to discuss the, our opinion, the 10 biggest basketball moments of the decade. So Jack's going to start us off with... For number 10 on our list, we're going to put... Kawhi winning the 2019 championship with the Toronto Raptors, including his game-winning shot against the Philadelphia 76ers in Game 7 of the second round. So one of the reasons we both think this is such a significant moment is because Kawhi really carried the Raptors on his back alone. There was no other significant all-star on this team besides Kyle Lowry, but he was he's not the superstar level that anyone else was. This is like this is the first time one player has carried their team to a championship since Dirk in 2011. Would you agree? I would agree with that. I think Kawhi did to a bigger scale, though. I think that Dirk's team was a lot better than everyone says it was, but still nonetheless a great accomplishment. It, yeah, it's really magnificent that Kawhi was able to do this. Com- coming back from 2 nothing against the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then to really just manhandle the, that Warriors team, even though they were injured, Kawhi, Kawhi really showed that he is one of the greatest players in the league today. Just the way he was able to physically destroy all competition and so that's that's one of the reasons why we have this at number 10 on the list and it makes it even more significant that he leaves the Raptors and goes to the Clippers which is why we're including that as the as the top 10. I mean Kawhi Leonard could be the first player if he wins a championship with the Clippers to be the focal point on three championship teams on three different teams which nonetheless is an amazing accomplishment. That gates ways into the number nine on our list Russell Westbrook and the triple double record. Going into the 2016-2017 NBA season, Russell Westbrook was on his own, and he was a guy that could put up amazing stats, the triple-double, as everybody knows, but he elevated to a new level. He broke the single-season triple-double record by Oscar Robinson with 42 triple-doubles in over half the NBA games he had a triple-double. He finished the season averaging a triple-double. He kind of made the triple-double make pretty much be an average of just like, oh, he gets one. It's not the crazy stat line it used to be. And for that, Russell Westbrook... Uh, remaking the triple-double into a new thing has to be uh, number nine on the list. And he won the MVP that year. And I know the Thunder didn't have the best season of their career. In fact, he was the only MVP that not be first, second, or third in their conference. But but it was just such a big season to have it that um, it has to be number nine on the list. I think after the, after the regular season ended in the 2016-2017 season, Anyone, if you asked anyone for the, that decade, predicting the future, they would have had this in their top three. But I think one of the reasons this is Russell Westbrook's triple-double record has aged so poorly is because triple-doubles are so much more common these days. Luka Doncic, LeBron James, many players go out there and just tri- um, get grab triple-doubles each and every night. So this accomplishment is still crazy, and I still recognize it as a huge accomplishment for Russell Westbrook, but that's one of the reasons this is aged so poorly. And it also has to do with the fact that during that season, um, during that postseason was when many of the great moments, basketball moments of the decade happened with the Cavs-Warriors season in 2016. Although you could people point out flaws of Russell Westbrook's team didn't win that many games or he was inefficient, People still people cannot deny the fact that he averaged 30 points, 10 assists, and 10 rebounds for the whole year. That is too remarkable, in my opinion, to not be on here. And yeah, because in 2016-2017, this... Triple-doubles were not as relevant as this. This was yeah. crazy. People were flipping out when Russell Westbrook did this. This was literally unheard of. People were going back to saying, wow, no one's still listens to Oscar Robinson. So this was... 
during that time, that was crazy. But since this decade has just been jam-packed with other moments, that's why we had to put this at number nine because it just didn't live up to the postseason success of many of our other choices, which you will see in a few minutes. So moving on to number eight, I think we can both agree, Lynn Sandy was one of the most exciting moments in New York sports history, and he really just made the Knicks relevant again. Christian, I know you're a Knicks fan. What would you have to say about this? Well, the, the Knicks have just been a decade of disaster, but Lynn Sandy, for the five games he played, Jeremy Lynn, he's undrafted out of Harvard, got cut by many NBA teams, he doesn't even play on the Knicks, then just comes in, absolutely kills it, averages around 25 points a game for an undrafted rookie. Not undrafted rookie, but undrafted. He he made New York basketball fun again. We needed that spark. People forget this: that Carmelo Anthony and Mar Stoudemire were both out for those type of games. For all these games, he was playing well. And Jeremy Lin was just that guy that went out there every single night, reminded people that New York basketball is still legit. And there were so many great storylines about this. The fact that it was Lin, you could put insanity. It was insanity, Lin sanity. Um, There were T-shirts with Lin sanity on it. it was the big news every day. How did Jeremy Lin do? And you had all these other factors. His number was 17. Amari's number was 1. Carmelo's number was 7. The two biggest stars out led to another star being born, which was a, was another one of the t-shirts sold. And you could not have one person in New York at this time say they weren't a fan of Jeremy Lin. He was just such a likable figure that the fact that a random Asian guy, I know it sounds crazy, random Asian guy just goes out of nowhere and kills it is too remarkable not to be um, on this list. What's crazy to me was that this was not a long-lasting thing. This lasted for 19 days and 11 games, Jeremy Lin, where he played for the Knicks. Because, as you remember, he got hurt, and it was pretty much a non-factor later in the season and the playoffs. Those games that he played, especially the game winner against the Raptors, when he dropped 38 points against Kobe Bryant in the Garden, those are some moments that will never be forgotten in Knicks history. And so that that's why there's such a short span of Jeremy Lin, but it's become one of the most memorable moments over moments such as Russell Westbrook, where that spanned the entire season, this lasted 19 days, which is just crazy to me how it is still fresh in New York Knicks, New York Knicks fans' minds and just NBA fans' minds in general. And what makes this moment age really well for me, actually, and why I think I appreciate it even more is because Jeremy Lin really did not have a good basketball career after this. He really fell off with the Rockets, and then with the Lakers and the Nets and all the eventual teams he would play for. So that just shows how special that one moment was for New York Knicks fans and just basketball fans in general. Another thing is, like, the fact that, I think Jack put, puts another thing, the fact that it only lasted for 19 days and people still talk about it to this day, oh, remember Lynn Sanity? Like, that's just so remarkable, in my opinion. And he, Jeremy Lynn, he did fall off, but his rise to get where he was at that point, he was literally the biggest basketball celebrity at that point. Would you agree? Yeah, totally, and there's no doubt in my mind that this is the smallest scale thing on this list. All these other things we have on the list, like Westbrook, Kawhi winning the championship, those are historic things that are going in the record books. Jermaine isn't that, this is not like a record book type of thing on a list, but it will be in the record books for a different reason, just the cultural phenomenon that it brought upon for the NBA is just special and will always be remembered. Well, yeah, Lynn Sanity was a, a time to remember for New York, for New York Knicks fans and people of basketball in general. But now we want to switch to our number seven on our list was the decision. Yeah, LeBron James holding his own press conference or whatever you want to call it on ESPN to decide he's going to the Miami Heat, leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers. And at the time, we were both very young at this time, but it was one of the craziest decisions ever. No one saw this coming. It 
it, it was so surprising that no one would understand why he would leave a Cleveland team, which he promised to win a championship, and go to this Heat team that is just so jam-packed with stars for this big city. It really hadn't been done before. And just the monu- the like, the cultural like thing that of this decision, it's not like it's not a basketball thing. It's, there's no records. It's just the fact that LeBron went to the Heat to win a championship solely for that purpose is why this is number seven on our list. When LeBron James took his talent to South Beach, the city of Cleveland burnt his jersey. They tore down signs with him. They graffitied everything that had to do with LeBron James, who was their savior at St. Vincent St. Mary High School in the 2003 NBA draft. It was such a big thing that he would leave the city that gave him so much. But LeBron did this for them. He knew that the Cleveland needed to prove themselves to get his talents back. And LeBron James going to Miami, he had, he started what you call the super team era of the NBA, of stars joined together. And he did it on his own terms. But the, the magnitude as well is this was nationally televised and raised over $4 million for one of LeBron's charities. That's another part that, in my opinion, goes under the radar. And the magnitude that the decision, as he had, as he called it, had on the NBA for years to come, it was too big not to put on. Yeah, because the Heat would go to four straight finals. So the best finals, you could say, in NBA history. Yeah, the, the Heat hadn't really be, been relevant since Dwayne Wade and Shaquille. They had been kind of falling off. For LeBron to go there, it completely altered NBA history forever. I mean, LeBron f- wins his first two championships. Who knows what, ha- what LeBron's legacy is if he doesn't go to Miami? Who knows if Cleveland is ever able to get a team to the standard of a championship-level team? So LeBron going to Miami just changed the course of NBA history. Had to be on this list. But I think we want to touch on our number six now, which is a re- there is a reason we have number six, which is Kevin Durant to the Golden State Warriors ahead of LeBron to the Miami Heat, which is because Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors, that team was already established. They already had Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. They had already had a 73-9 and season where they almost won back-to-back championships. Kevin Durant went to that team. When LeBron went to that Miami Heat team, it was not established. There were two, two new, there were Dwayne Wade and then a new, another great player, Chris Bosh, had just joined. So that was kind of a wild card. He didn't, you didn't know what they were going to be. But Kevin Durant to Golden State, that team was already established. So for Kevin Durant to go there, that, in my, in my opinion, that was even more significant than LeBron to the Heat. Kevin Durant's next chapter, as he called it. The thing that was so remarkable with that was that the Golden State Warriors, as Jack said, just won 73-9 games. He blew a 3-1 to lead in the Western Conference Finals to the Warriors. Then he basically admitted, Paul Pierce had a tweet saying, if you can't beat him, join him, after that happened. It was a little thing. People were calling Kevin Durant a cupcake. He was soft. He couldn't do it on his own. He was just doing what LeBron did. And he, he gave LeBron uh, criticism for his decision to go to the Heat. So it was a whole like, big story. I remember Kevin Durant's agency had the type of impact that every NBA fan was checking their phone. So it's overcoming that, overcoming that sign, overcoming that sign. Kevin Durant didn't even meet with teams. He had teams come to him. He took this as such like a diva move at the time. And the impact it had, he basically changed the landscape of the NBA. There was a time where teams were telling Adam Silver, we cannot compete, which he thought was crazy. And it changed the model of the NBA where you don't need one, you can't just have one superstar. You can't have two. You can't even have three sometimes. You need four legitimate players to win. And he he just revamped or not revamped, re uh, he reassigned what the NBA is. It's it's not a one player league. It's a team league. And plus their style of not be, not saying they weren't physical, but the three point shooting and everything, um, and strength of the numbers as I like to say. He just brought a new whole vibe that NBA fans didn't like. And he basically, uh, and the eyes of NBA fans told the world that I as I think I'm the best player in the world. Can't win without a team, which. 
old school people did not like. I know we have talked about this in the past, but Kevin Durant to Golden State, it's one of those moments where you look back and you're like, I remember where I was. Yeah. I remember I was at a golf course. It was on July 4th hitting golf balls. And I, I didn't even believe it. I thought it was so crazy. Yeah, I remember I was on a bus going to a summer camp. That's where it was. And I checked my phone and I saw Kevin Durant to the Warriors and everyone started freaking out. It's one of those moments where we can look back 20 years from now and remember when Kevin Durant decided to leave the Thunder his hometown team, a team where he had always played his heart out, brought them to the playoffs almost every year, and left for the Golden State Warriors, who, who had a 73-9 season the year prior, went to that team to form the greatest super team of all time. That's a moment where we're going to all remember where we were when that news broke. So to me, that's the reason Kevin Durant to Golden State is even more significant than LeBron to Miami. Just the impact it had It sent shockwaves throughout the entire NBA. It's literally nothing, no news, I think will ever be as big as Kevin Durant's Golden State. Nothing, I don't see anything. Because in 2016, we forget, that's when the salary cap, like, went up so much that that's the reason KD was even able to go to Golden State. We forget that Steph Curry was only on, like, a $44 million contract at the time. That's how that was able to happen. That's never going to happen again. This is never going to happen again. There's never going to be four superstars on the same team. Adam Silver won't allow that. The salary cap won't even allow that. Because if you have four superstars who are that good, they're going to want $200 million contracts. And no NBA team can have four players on $200 million contracts. But... Th- they were able, the Warriors were able to get get um get around that because Steph Curry had signed um a deal back like three years ago for a four year forty four million dollar deal, which was insane how that happened just because of his ankles were uncertain. But that's how they were able to get Kevin Durant, which is still insane to me. So nothing will ever pass that in terms of a free agency decision, in my opinion. But that's why it's on number six, and I don't think yeah everyone's gonna remember it when that happened. I agree. You just summed it up. No big. We remember where we were when that happened. The fact there's a lot of the stuff we remember. We don't remember everything about it. But I want to get way into the next one of us. The '73 nine season. I mean, how can it not be on here? The, the Chicago Bulls are the '96 Bulls. Was it '96 Bulls? Arguably the greatest team of all time. Um, with Michael Jordan, Sky Pippen, Dennis Rodman. We're just beat by a team with a guy from Davidson with bad ankles, a second round pick. And a guy from Washington State, seventy-three and nine. They they started off the season twenty-six and zero, were absolutely killing it with a new style of ball movement and three pointers rather than post ups and iso ball. And the impact the Warriors had, like, they, Steph Curry became like he in that year, in my opinion, he ch- really changed basketball. He sh- he was saying that no, you don't need to be seven feet to play. You don't need to be uh, have six day with a forty inch vertical. You just need to be able to understand basketball and shoot, and that's what he did. And he did it in style. Seven three and nine. They made it to the championship. I know they didn't win, but in my opinion, if you're seventy three and nine, you have the best record of all time. You cannot be. You cannot not be considered the greatest team of all time. They they had too many alphas and too too much too much pride in that team to say that the Bulls are better. I know that they, the Bulls won the championship, but we're just talking about the greatest team of all time, not did you win the championship or not. I'm going to have to disagree with that. Uh, although I do think this is so, so significant, that 7-3-9 season, because they did not win the championship, because they blew a 3-1 lead, you cannot say they're the greatest team of all time. You can definitely say they're the second greatest team of all time, but because they didn't win the championship, in my mind, I cannot rightfully say that they are the greatest team of all time. Second greatest, yeah, not the greatest. But I think it's even better that they lost 
that 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 year, that 2016 Finals. That makes us even better. How can a team that goes 73 and nine, literally everyone thought they were easily gonna win that championship. The fact that they blew a 3-1 lead just blows my mind, and it makes me so happy that they did blow that 3-1 lead because they were 73 and nine, and LeBron was able to come back from that and win his third championship. So that 73 and nine season that was special, and no one thought they would ever lose the finals. Like that was the year. No one thought anyone else had a chance. But the fact that they did lose when they were 73-9, just, it's it's amazing. And that's why it's number five on this list, because it was the greatest regular season of all time, second greatest team of all time, and they're number f- number five on this list. Yeah, yeah, you summed it up also. It, I agree, but the ne- ne- next point I want to talk about was the fact that they blew a 3-1 lead was number four. Yes, four that, that, the, the one thing that can beat having a 73-9 season is blowing a 3-1 lead in the finals. I know that you're playing against the, my opinion, the greatest player of all time. But is that I don't know if it's a bigger magnitude to LeBron James or a magnitude to the Warriors. How do you blow that lead? The fact that you had this, you had you had the biggest chance in the world to show people you were the best team of all time. Because there's no way you could rightfully say that a team that went four one in the finals and won seventy three games wasn't. But the Warriors found a way. And I know there were some injuries to. Um, uh, Draymond or not injuries. Draymond, Draymond got got suspended, suspended for kicking for kicking LeBron in the nuts. And then. Uh, he was out for a few of those games, and Steph Curry didn't have his A game in the finals. But th- this was just a testament to how good LeBron was. He put his he he put the city of Cleveland on his back and just and beat the the bad boy uh, Warriors, who was the enemy in the NBA during that time. Yeah. So as much as I give LeBron credit for coming back from three one, it's kind of crazy how the Warriors let that happen. They had two home games. They just had to win one of them. And they didn't win either of them. And they also lost away. And they let LeBron and Kyra Irving and Kevin Love and J.R. Smith and that entire Cavs team come back from a 3-1 deficit and beat them. And that is just crazy. I don't know how you let that happen. You're up 3-1. You have the greatest player in the league at that point probably, Steph Curry, who just had another MVP-like season. Unanimous MVP. Exactly. You have Philly Thompson, the Splash Brothers. You have Draymond Green, who's playing his probably his best basketball of his career. And you lose that game. That, that's just really crazy to me. And I think a large part of that blowing that 3-1 lead, just because they didn't really have the depth. I mean, they really could not find that 6th or 7th player on that bench. They really only had those three guys. That's what really killed them. And, I mean, it's just, I'm glad it happened. First 3-1 lead ever from coming back. LeBron, props to you. But I think this is complete. You're going to notice a trend here. Most of our top five top six actually has to do with the Warriors and the Cavs in that 2016 series but segueing into our number three list on our top 10 greatest basketball moments of the decade is Kyrie Irving's shot in that game seven 2016 finals against the Warriors where he is on the right side of the court steps back shoots over Steph Curry and hits a three to make it 92 89 Cavs with about 50 seconds left that was one of the greatest shots of all time Christian what are your thoughts on this when I was watching that shot and I saw Kyrie step back, I remember I said, no, don't shoot it, don't shoot it, and it went in. I was so, the, the amount of adrenaline rush that every NBA fan had during that is unmatched. Kyrie Irving just sat there beating the, th- beating the 73 9 team on one shot over Steph Curry. That shot has to be one of the top three greatest shots of all time, in my opinion. The, the greatest. The greatest shot of all time, in Jack's opinion. Top three, in my opinion. But the fact that he, what was behind it? If he just, if it was just a shot to win the finals, it could, it was still an amazing shot. But the fact that you were beating the Warriors, the seventy-three and nine team, was just adds another thing to it. You, as a small guard, took your stance with LeBron and just shot it over. I, I, 
words can't even describe what I want to say about that shot. What makes that shot even more crazy was that the Warriors and the Cavs, they had not scored on like eleven straight possessions. Oh, yeah, it was four minutes they, and thirty seconds. It was no one by Clay Thompson. No one could. There. No one could score. No one could score at all. And for Kyrie to take the ball in his hands, not LeBron. We have to think, think about this. Not LeBron. LeBron didn't want the ball. Kyrie took the ball, and he took it in his own hands to shoot a three, which he he has hit that shot many times before in his career over Steph Curry, who was playing good defense, actually. It was not like he was sagging off of him. For him to hit that shot after four minutes of no scoring just makes this shot even more significant. I mean, it's just totally crazy to think about. And, yeah, th- there's not really much more to say. Everyone knows the shot. Everyone knows Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie is one of the most clutch players of all time, if not the, mo- the most clutch I mean, it, it's really crazy, but the one thing, Christian, I, even though I kind of misled everyone right there, what's greater than Kyrie's shot is Ray Allen's shot in 2013. LeBron misses the three, rebounded by Bosh, Allen in the corner, and the Heat go out, and the Heat are tied with the Spurs with 22 seconds left in the game. Another thing about the shot was all the Heat fans left the game during this. I feel like people forget that. Yeah, that was crazy. Just said, "No, I, if you're leaving your seat, I'm about to put on a show for you." He hit that step back three or step back crawling back three with a guy on him. There was the fa- this shot in some way could have saved LeBron's legacy. Some people say because if he doesn't win, if he Ray Allen doesn't make that shot, um, the Spurs will probably go on to win the game and they go on to win the series. Other thing was the Heat were down three two in the series. This wasn't a game seven shot. They're also down by three. Down by three also, and it was tied. So if say he traveled or something, say he doesn't make the shot, LeBron's whole career could be in, in jeopardy of how people look at him. Say he might only have two championships instead of three. And the what Ray Allen did, the reaction from the crowd and everything, just put into um, perspective how big of the shot this really was. The reason I put Ray Allen shot over Kyrie shot is just because. That this shot meant so much more to LeBron's career than Kyrie shot, even though Kyrie shot meant a lot. Think about it. This was the Heat's last chance. They were become they were getting old. Dwayne Wade was getting old. Chris Bosch was getting old. LeBron not getting old yet, but that Heat team was kind of hitting their max. And for it looked like they were gonna lose that series. Like there was a lot of worries. The Spurs really they were the better team that year. I'm gonna say it. That team played so much more together than that Heat team. I'm really surprised that Heat team ended up winning, but I'm glad they did. Because for Ray Allen to hit that shot, LeBron got those two championships. And if they lose that, LeBron only one championship, who knows if he ever goes back to Cleveland. Whoever, who knows if they get that team to beat the Warriors coming back from 3-1. Like, then LeBron's never in the GOAT conversation with one ring. Like, no, never. So this is that shot by Ray Allen literally saved LeBron's career so much that LeBron should just... Thank him every single day. I mean, that shot is that shot is so significant that it had to be number two on our on our list. But number one is LeBron's block on Iguodala. I remember the exact moment um, in the NBA Finals. He says, "Block by James," the famous quote on the line. LeBron has been known for the chase down block his whole career, but he's really made the chase down block a move that you need to have in your arsenal. The the put the. Um, I don't know how to describe it. The amount of uh, agony that was on the Warriors after he hit that shot was just like a guy blocked us from behind. Like we can't, we're ahead and now we're not. And the fact that Le- if LeBron doesn't have that block, I don't know if they win the game. Do you guys think, Jack? Like if he doesn't have that block, come back from Andre Iguodala makes the layup. Warriors go up 91-89. Does Kyrie hit that shot? Do, no one- does LeBron put the ball in Kyrie's hands? Does he still have that faith in Kyrie when they're down? 
I don't know, and I don't know if LeBron would hit that shot after he just after he doesn't block it. I mean, there were, all the momentum would have been swung to the Warriors' side. The reason Kyrie was able to hit that shot was because all the momentum had completely swung after LeBron with that crazy chase-down block. If, if LeBron doesn't hit that chase-down block, do you think Kevin Durant still would have gone to the Warriors? Well, it depends who won the series. Yeah, if the Warriors won the series, maybe that would have been too much for Kevin Durant to say, wow, I, I'm, I'm joining. Oh, this. no way. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant does not go to the Warriors. If LeBron doesn't hit that block. And then if, no, no, no. If the Warriors win the series. If, if LeBron doesn't get the block, but the Cavs somehow still manage to win, I don't think we can say for certain what happens, which, is, either, which is fair. Otherwise, it could have had a bigger implication. As we said, Kevin Durant's move was one of the biggest, and it was the biggest storyline in NBA history. But LeBron's block had such a big effect on the city of Cleveland. Right after he said, he screamed his whole Cleveland thing about how we want it for you. And if he if he doesn't have that, he doesn't have that whole, um, I came back to bring you guys something or a speech. He has that, I tried my best speech. And that's a speech that goats don't give. But LeBron, you showed everybody with that block that no matter if you don't hit the shot, you were impacting the game in a bigger way. It's crazy to me how LeBron's career highlight is a defensive play. That just shows what type of player LeBron is. He doesn't need to hit the shot to be the greatest player on the floor. And that's why this is ahead of Kyrie's shot number three in the same game. Because LeBron's block completely swung things. No one, again, no one, as we stated, no one had scored for about four minutes. And the Warriors were going on a fast break, like the first fast break in four minutes. You think Steph Curry or Andre Iguodala were both streaking down the floor, either one of them is going to score. But for LeBron to come out of nowhere behind Andre Iguodala and block that with literally two, he had two hands up. He could have gone that way, LeBron would have blocked it with his left hand, but he blocked it with his right hand. And so for LeBron to block that shot and to put his faith into Kyrie Irving's hands, for Kyrie to hit that shot, that's why LeBron's block is number one on this list. Because it completely changed the NBA's landscape. As you said, who knows with Kevin Durant's decision, that the, the Cavaliers finally ended Cleveland's drought and won the 2016 NBA championship in like 50 years. Well, we've pretty much said everything. LeBron's, LeBron, this past decade, has had a bigger impact than any other basketball player, in my opinion, ever. I have a question. I have a question, though. Do you think Le- Le- LeBron lets Kyrie hit that shot? Do you think... Any other player would have let Kyrie? Do you think like Michael Jordan would have let would have let Kyrie take that shot, or Michael Jordan would have taken the shot himself? Michael Jordan would have take, probably taken the shot himself. Yeah, that's that shows LeBron. LeBron knew Kyrie had the clutch gene in him, and not saying LeBron doesn't, but you know, Kyrie, he knew what was best for the team at the time. Well, yeah. Well, as you can say that this this decade of basketball has been one of the best ever in it. You could argue that this has had some most exciting moments, and there's been no other thing like it. The fact that one series had about six or seven in our top ten list just shows the impact that one decision Kevin Durant had. Also, many different things on this LeBron. list. We had we had LeBron, we had Steph, we had Kawhi made it onto this list. We had a triple double. We had Jeremy Lin. Like he doesn't fit here. How was he on this list? But he's on this list, which is crazy to me. The impact you have outside of basketball can make a bigger impact than basketball. Which is why this list is so crazy, because that 2016 series, that shows that like six of these things are from that series, because that series, drew, that, that made the NBA, NBA popular again. That drew in like 40 million viewers, that Game 7, and that, that Game 7 alone has three of these. Like, blowing the 3-1 lead, Kyrie's shot, LeBron's block. In the 73-9 season, that was all in that Game 7. So that just shows the significance of that Game 7, and all these other things just surround it just makes for a great decade of basketball in the 2010s era. But I hope for an even greater 2020s era, I'm sure it will live up to this. I hope it does, because this is a great era, and I want another great era, and basketball is just great, 
and great things are going to keep happening. All right. Thank you for thank you for 2019, our first year in the podcast. Uh, we'll be back in 2020. Big things are going to happen in 2020. We're going to we're going to hope the NBA is great so we can be great. See you next time. See you through podcast.